Our reading today is from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 1 to 15. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat alone with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one of, to have even a bite. Another of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Man, I'm pumped about being able to worship with you guys again. It's been a minute since I've been down here, so I'm just uh, grateful every time Phil is out of town. <laughs> um, one thing before, um, visitors, people who are new, nearly new, please do not judge Mount Olympus Presbyterian Church on anything that happens from this point on. Come, come back when Phil's here. It's going to be, you know... Just don't want anybody running off because I'm here. Um, feeding the 5,000, what a familiar text. Every one of us has heard it. And I just really, I really love this text. And every time I hear the story of this feeding of the 5,000, I'm reminded of this, this guy. He was working at a school, and they were doing like a, a food drive, collecting cans for, you know, the food drive. And, we do that kind of, you know, we do it up in Ogden with the Super Bowl. I don't know, you guys probably have some kind of canned food drive that you do. But anyway, his job was to get the cans out of these boxes and separate them into things. And he's separating the, the Campbell's soup from the beans and, you know, the spam and all that stuff, getting it, getting it separated and, and organized. And reaching into the box, he pulled out something weird, the little brown paper sack. And he looks at it, and he dumps it out, and there's a peanut butter sandwich and an apple 
and, uh, and a cookie. And on the front of the bag was written, Karen. And some little girl heard they were collecting food for the poor, and she took her lunch and put it in the box. That seems like a really cool little kid. And it reminds me of this cool little kid who was on that mountainside and said, I've got five loaves and two fish. And he's willing to give up his lunch too. In this passage, there's a whole passel of stuff to talk about. I mean, there's a bunch of sermons in here. And, and one thing to note, this is the only miracle that is um, recorded in all four of the Gospels. So the Gospel writers had to see something had to, had to understand how important this was. And I suppose today we could talk about miracles in general. We could talk about why this crowd was following Jesus all over the countryside. We could even talk about Jesus' compassion, his willingness to... He went to find a quiet place to just relax and to think. And instead, he decided to feed this crowd. We could talk about our role in God's work. Jesus told the disciples, you feed them. We could even simply focus on the generosity and the unselfishness of that one little boy who brings the loaves and fishes. There's a lot of sermons in here, but what I want to talk about this morning is the menu. Because it's pretty limited. There's not a lot to talk about. Five loaves and two fish. It's not enough. There's 5,000 people, just men. We don't know how many women and kids were there, but there's 5,000 men there, hungry, out in the wilderness. We've got a couple loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Listen again to the disciples of Jesus. This is a deserted place and it's getting late. Send everybody away so they can go into the villages and buy them something for supper. And Jesus says, no, they can stay. You find them something to eat. What? Come on, Lord, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. That is not going to feed all these people. We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish is all we have. And that, my friends, is the response of the ages when we feel overwhelmed by the world around us. It's a response of the parent who's worried about their child. This child lives in a society that exerts so much pressure. A child bombarded with messages about materialism and sexuality and violence and so many influences, so many avenues of media streaming in, screaming for her attention. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Parents hungry for answers ask, what am I supposed to do? I can't be there every second. I can't control every aspect of her life. I've only got five loaves and two fish, and it's not enough. It's a response of a spouse who's desperately trying to make a go of a troubled marriage and who's really getting tired of being the only one showing up. He is still around, but not enough. And when he is there, his mind is somewhere else. Hungry for a rekindling of passion, she's left, sadly saying, this marriage has nothing left. We're down to just five loaves and two fish. 
It's the response of the young adult who finds herself trapped in chemical addiction. What was just a fun form of recreation is now the most important thing in her life. She no longer has the ability to make decisions about it. She's terrified of being labeled an addict, but she's even more afraid of never being able to use again. She's stolen from people she loves. She's lied to people who trust her. She's lost everything of value in her life. She's down to just five loaves and two fish. It's the response of all of us when we see that unbelievable hate in the world. We turn on the news every night and it's a litany of pain and cruelty. Our country is divided like never before and nations threaten each other. Mothers are beaten and babies are neglected and little girls are stolen. And we cry out, what, what do you want us to do, Lord? We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. It's a response of some of our sessions and our congregations trying to meet budgets, trying to provide meaningful worship, trying to give our children a safe place to come, just really trying to hold things together. Our resources are limited. The community around the church is changing. We're, we're trying to make a difference in our community. We, we really can't do that much. See, the only thing in the basket is five loaves and two fish. It might be the response any of us offer when life seems overwhelming and we know, we know that our resources are not enough to deal with what's in front of us. There's nothing here. Nothing left. We got five loaves and two fish. What are we going to do? Our menu might be the one the psalmist complained of. The psalmist told us, my tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me continually, where is your God? Nothing here. Five loaves and two fish. It's certainly the response of the disciples when those 5,000 plus followed Jesus into the wilderness. They had come to listen to Christ's words, to feel his touch, to just be near something, someone special. Now it's late and it's dark. It's getting dark. It's time for supper. They're hungry. There's no way to buy food for that big of a crowd. It would have taken 200 denarii. This is more money than that bunch of fishermen had ever seen in their lives. And it didn't really matter because there wasn't a Walmart to swing into and get food anyway. So Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Jesus is always asking more of us than we have to give. We're busy. We're, it's, hard, it's hard out there. Spouses, parents, students, workers, on and on. We got a lot of pressure. He calls us. Jesus says, Kirk, you got to love even when loving is difficult. We're called to forgive even when we've been wrong terribly, terribly badly. We're called to stand fast in our principles even when it means we have to stand there by ourselves. Those things aren't easy to do. I mean, I'm just a regular guy. We're not saints. We're not Jesus. After all, we're, we're down to just five loaves and two fish. But fortunately for the twelve, 
And for us, that's not where the story is. It doesn't end with Jesus seemingly asking the, apost- the disciples to do the impossible and then abandoning there out in the wilderness on the hill by themselves. Jesus says, you give them something to eat and they answer, how? We don't have enough. A couple of loaves of bread. Jesus said, bring the bread and fish to me. And he looked up to heaven and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the crowds. And everybody started eating. And ate until they were full, ate until they were filled all the way to the top. And then there were 12 baskets of food left over. That is good news for us. That's good news for the mom and dad to find themselves wondering, do I have what it takes to raise my kids? I don't want to be a good parent. I just want to be an adequate parent. I just want to get through. I'm sorry, but the answer is no, you don't have enough. We don't have what it takes. At best, it's a big job and it's overwhelming. We have nothing but five loaves and two fish and that ain't enough, but we have someone on our side who whispers, bring them to me. Bring them to meet your skills and your weaknesses as parents. Bring to me your strengths and your fears. Just bring me your kids and their futures. Bring them to me and I will help you be suitable for your task at hand. This is good news for spouses in marriages faced with tough decisions or someone who's lost and battling with addictions. Or people of conscience who feel they have to take a risky stance on some issue. What is one person anyway? Because one person, when accompanied by Jesus, can change the world. Christ says, bring me that stuff. I'll take it. Your hopes, your dreams, your convictions. Bring them to me, your burdens and your challenges, your responsibilities. He took a little lunch from some little boy on a hillside and fed everybody till they were full. And he could do it again even with our crappy little lunches, with our little lunch bags with our names written in crayon on the side. When life gets the best of us, maybe it's because we focus too much on how little we can do and too little on how much Christ does in the world. Remember, God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. I've been in that position. I've been in the fetal position, laying on the bathroom floor crying. And I ask God, I'm in trouble, and I can't do this. I've tried. And God said, bring it to me. We can do miracles together. He calls me buddy when we're in those kind of situations. Get up, buddy. It's going to be okay. This story reminds me of another story of a neat little kid. Many years ago in a region of the American Midwest, there was a big drought going on. And there was this small agricultural town who was completely dependent upon farming and their crops were dying in the fields. There was no rain for a while. So the community leaders all got together and they declared a day of prayer and fasting in which all the townspeople would come and they would spend the day together in prayer, asking God to send rain on their dry land. 
And that day, several of the community religious and civic leaders got up and gave sermons and speeches and, and talked from the podium. And many of the people that came brought items with them that showed their faith. They brought their Bibles, and they brought their rosaries, and they brought crosses. However, it was a little kid who showed up with the most beautiful item of faith that day. She showed up carrying an umbrella. Because she was the only one in the crowd who really trusted what God could do. Well, think about your life right now. Where are you afraid? Where are you broken? Where are you struggling? Where are you unsure about life? Where do you need God's help? Our response is the same as the disciples. I, I just don't know what to do, Lord. I don't have enough. Five loaves and two fish isn't going to do it. Let's listen to the psalmist one more time. Psalmist tells us, Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my God and my help. What I have, what the psalmist have, what you have, what anyone who's broken and hungry and hurt has, is an invitation to share that with someone who knows what to do. Someone who can find a way out of no way. However little I possess in terms of talent or resources, Jesus whispers, bring them to me, buddy. And with him, my little becomes a lot. When life itself seems too big and I feel too small, someone is close who can do what I can't do. Someone who can right the wrongs and heal the hurts and love the, un love the unlovely. Scale the mountains. Someone who can take my crappy little lunch, my little lunch bags, and turn them into an abundant feast that we can share with the whole countryside. Let us pray. Gracious God, You know us. You knit us together in our mother's wombs. You, you count the hairs on our head. You know when we're afraid and we're alone and when we're broken and hurt. You became flesh so that you could know what it's like to be hungry and to be cold and to be afraid. Our God is a God who knows what flesh feels like, knows what pain feels like, knows what it is to weep at the sight of his friends. Christ came to this world so we didn't have to be alone in those times. So we could turn over all those things that, that we feel are inadequate, not enough, make us feel lonely and weak and afraid and can turn them into miracles that change everything about where we live and who we interact with. Help us to have the courage. Help us to have the faith to turn over 
our meager resources so that you can turn them into a magnificent feast. We come here, Lord, humble yet confident that you're here with us and that you love us no matter what. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.